0: Don't you appreciate your Pastor Mitch? Mitch was my pastor. Also, he mentioned Pastor Carl Morris. And Mitch was our pastor uh, for a year. When our pastor went overseas to Russia, uh, Pastor Mitch was in charge of all of us. And I tell you, when Pastor Carl came back, the church had grown. And um, he had also paved the parking lot. And Pastor Mitch, things get done with him, things grow, things are blessed, Um, and I I really love Pastor Mitch, and I appreciate him um, um, being my friend all these years, and also for the time that he uh, fed us for a whole year. We were under his teaching for a whole year, and the church grew, and we all grew, and I know you've got a great pastor here, and Raleigh is blessed to have uh, Mitch Horton. He is from South Carolina. (laughs) <laughs> just like me. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to be in Victory Church tonight. I came down Victory Lane. How many of you came down Victory Lane tonight? Okay, we're, we're together here. I was watching this band and all these different instruments, all shapes and sizes, different. They don't look alike, but they were all doing the same thing. They were all in one accord, one chord. They were all in one chord. And the singers, wasn't it great? Give the band a hand for, for leading us into the, pr- in the presence of God. And right now, we're in one accord also. We're all doing the same thing right now. You're doing the same thing I'm doing. We want to hear God speak. We want to hear God speak. Open your Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. And they may put it on the screen for those don't, that don't carry your Bible. If you have your Bible in your telephone, that'll work also. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus' plan to build his church. I only got a few minutes Tonight, and I'm hoping that we can we can get a fresh a fresh uh, idea in our mind about what Jesus wants to do with all of us. Okay, with the little bit I'm speaking, I'm excited about my place in history. I'm part of a I'm part of a generation, and in my generation, where I'm at in Nicaragua, there's a transformation going on. This is a Latin American country that, for generations and hundreds and hundreds of years, has been uh, religious uh, the, the catholic religion and there is something happening now where the population of nicaragua is moving over to the evangelical faith believing in the bible and not in tradition believing in jesus as the only and their lord and savior instead of many gods or many or many uh, deities to pray to and this is happening in Nicaragua, and I'm part of it. We're planting churches because the, in, in 20 years, it went from an evangelical population of, t- of 10%. 20 years ago, 10% of Nicaragua was evangelical and 90% Catholic. And now, 20 years later, it's half and half. Half of the population now is, is, is Christian. And all these people, all these people coming into the faith, into the faith that we share, coming into that faith, We've got to build churches for them. We've got to plant churches for them. And I've got an ambitious goal that God's going to use me. I came home during the pandemic, and I might not have gone back if God had not spoken to me. Brian, go back, and you're going to plant 100 churches. And I'm seeing it happen, and I'm seeing it happen. I'm excited about how God is using me in my generation, where I am at. And you should be happy, too. If you're here in America, God uses you here in America. Let's give God a great big hand clap because all of us are part of his plan. All of us are part of his plan. Matthew 16, 18. And if they put it on the screen, I'll read it from there. And I also say unto you, now this is Jesus. When Peter got the idea, when Jesus asked, who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ Christ. The son of the living God. Here's what Jesus' response was. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now Jesus is speaking. The son of God. And he declared something. I will build my church. Now when God says... Or the Son of God says, I will do something. All of the universe is at attention. This is something Jesus will do. All of God's power was released at that moment when it came out of my out of his mouth what he is going to do. And Jesus says, I will build my church. And I like coming to a church that's, constantly in building you know when i come here you guys can relate there's something going on here there's something big happening here at victory church and i'm excited about and jesus all of the power of god was just poured out and if you were there at that moment you could you could feel the ground shake when god says i will build my church and the gates of hell can't stop me. Nothing can stop me. Nothing. The gates of hell will not prevail against what I'm going to do. And we're going to look at it a little bit. Jesus, when he paid the price, he did all for us, and he was crucified, laid in a tomb, three days later, he raised from the dead. He was around his disciples for about 40 days. And he was the saying, okay, I've done my job. Now I'm giving it over to you. And now this is going to be your job. I am going to build my church through you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's building his church. And he's building it through us. And so I want to look at one, one passage, one incident, one moment when Jesus is with the, some disciples. And he's convincing them that it is him. It's not a ghost. And it's um, found in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. And Jesus is going to talk to his disciples. And I believe what he is saying is priority. It's important. It's urgent. For this is how he wants us to proceed. Jesus' plan to build his church. He talked about it for 40 days and then he was ascended up into heaven and then we have the Acts of the Apostles and they went to work. And today, 2,021 years later, Jesus has built his church in every nation under the sun. The church of Jesus Christ is all over the world. He said, I will build my church and it never died. It's happening and it happened and it continues to be built and it continues to grow You and I are just another brick in the wall. Amen. The church of Jesus is being built and it has lasted 2,021 years and it's not going away. He's continuing in every generation to build his church. Luke 24, verse 36. He's talking to his disciples and he's convincing them. And whenever somebody becomes convinced that Jesus rose from the dead, Whenever you are convinced, whenever anybody is convinced, they become another brick in that wall. Our job, our job is to be convincing. Is to be convinced and to be convincing. Let's look at this. Let's look at this passage. We're going to read from 36 all the way to the end of the chapter. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you, shalom. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? God's talking to us tonight. Why do these doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? You guys still don't get it. I'm alive. Bring some food over here. So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it before all of them in their presence. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And then He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high and he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven here are Jesus' last words he said this, this, what he's saying here, believe me, it is priority. And I see some things in here that the church cannot abandon, the church cannot forget. I see a commission here, and we can study other Gospels and see more of, more of the picture, but it all occurs. It's all in one court. And there's some priority in what Jesus is saying. Number one, this is what I see. Jesus wants you to see him in the Scriptures. They had the, the law of Moses. They had the book of Psalms. They had, the, they had the prophets. And they had been teaching it and been taught that these are rules. Do not do this and do that. And, and they took the Bible as a, as a book of conduct. I don't do this and I don't do that. But Jesus said, and He opened up their understanding, that they could see Him in the Scripture as Fulfillment. Now, if if we forget that we're reading the Bible to see Jesus because He opened up their understanding and they understood Jesus is all in the Old Testament and His promises and what He's going to do. I can see Jesus and that's what the apostles preached. They preached Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament. They preached the Old Testament as Jesus the fulfiller. You know what I saw this, this week? I was studying that, that passage, and it said fulfill. We were reading a verse a while ago, and it said fulfill, Jesus fulfilled. You know that word fulfill is two words put together, fulfill. It's two words, and in the, in the Greek, it's, it's cram a net full of fish. It's used in other parts. When they went fishing and the net was so full that they couldn't lift it up, it's cram full. Now, Jesus fulfills. He fills it up to fullness. Jesus is a fulfiller. Don't you appreciate Jesus that he fulfills, that he fills it up to the max? He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus is my fulfiller. And everything that needed to be done in the Old Testament to help man with his problem, Jesus fulfilled it. And I, I appreciate that about the Lord. And so, number one, priority. You need to see the Scriptures. You need to read the Scriptures. You need to let Jesus open up your understanding of the Scriptures and, let you, and you see Him in there. Oh, and when you see Jesus... When you see Jesus, you've got something to share. I saw Jesus. I was reading in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit opened up my mind and I could see where Jesus is fulfilling. And you need to share, oh, about the fulfiller. Is this right or not? Is this good or not? Number two, what I see in this last instruction's priority is he wants powerful witnesses. Oh, he wants powerful witness. He doesn't want somebody just to be content with, I'm a representative, and that's my title, Pastor, Pastor Mitch, I'm a representative. And I can say I'm the country representative. I represent EFI Nicaragua, but Jesus doesn't want that for me. Jesus wants me to be a witness in Nicaragua, you know? And sometimes we, oh, we're going to go out witnessing, and we go knock on the door, and we invite people to church. Oh, please. Jesus wants us to be powerful witnesses. People need to be convinced. There's some convincing that's got to go on. And I think Jesus said, you need a little power. And then you'll be convincing. You've got to have a testimony. You, I am going to give you power and you'll be my witness, not a representative. Not knocking on the door and say, hey, come to our church so our pastor can preach to you. <coughs> And, I, and we should be going to our neighbors and we should be knocking on doors and all that, but we should be going as witnesses, as somebody with the power of God. This is priority. You know, I looked through the book of Acts and they didn't waste any time. When somebody believed on Christ, immediately they were baptized. How many many baptized people here am I talking to? baptized in water? That's urgent. That's a priority. That's immediate. If you're a believer, you need to go run into this bald-headed man over here and say, I want to be baptized. And another priority, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And they didn't waste any time. It's urgent. It's priority. If I'm going to build my church, if my church is going to get bigger and bigger, and every person that's convinced that I'm the Lord and the Savior and risen from the dead is another brick in my wall, I need some people that can convince other people, and they need my power, and you can't wait around for this. This is something that needs to be urgent. I was part of the charismatic movement, and if you've been around as long as I have, and Pastor Mitch... You know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what the charismatic movement is? In the, okay, good. Now, I remember those days. I remember, but somewhere after the charismatic movement, there came another movement. It was called the prosperity movement. Now, I'm not against the prosperity movement. It came after the, the charismatic renewal. Then we learned about how to, to, to manage resources and to, and to become prosperous. And that's good. That's all good. But let's don't forget what God taught us before prosperity. He taught us about the gifts of the spirit and how to be a powerful witness. Oh, I'm telling you everybody was getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you all of us walking around with our eyes like this. Oh, you know. And now, and now it seems like all we can testify is about financial stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, But there's power out there. God wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh, especially on us, because He's building His church through us. Oh, we need power, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Signs and wonders and power, it's priority. It's urgent. In the book of Acts, whenever someone, when a group of people, a town would receive the the message, receive the gospel, the question was, did did they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and in some cases we can see that ha- didn't happen that way. And the Apostle Paul heard about. He went to Ephesus, and there was a group uh, says certain disciples there, and he went in among the certain disciples. And what was his first question? Has the pastor taught you how to tithe yet? <laughs> have you have you already? you know, um, done this and done that. The first question that the Apostle Paul asked when he met this new group of disciples says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, what? No, we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit yet. The pastor's just talking uh, still. He hasn't got off the tithed offering yet. And so they laid hands on him and they received the Holy Spirit because Jesus wants powerful witnesses. And then in other towns, you know, there was prior, look at it, it's priority. It's priority that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some people are listening to me today, and I'm so glad I was the one that, that I was the one that got you thinking, hmm, I've been, I've been a Christian now for three years, and you know, I didn't realize it was so important that I be filled with the Holy Spirit and have signs follow me. That I have signs follow me. These signs shall follow them that believe. Well, I believe, but I don't have the signs following me. Well, you, he told them, and we read it. You're going to go out and you're going to be my witnesses, but wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise, because you will be endued with power. Can we show that verse again? What verse was that? It was in Luke 24 verse 45 or something like that oh there's my outline that's good can we go back to the scripture without messing that up let's find in Luke uh, 24 and we need to see wait this is important don't get the cart before the horse don't go out and be a representative and invite people to church go out and be a powerful witness did you find it there it is behold I send the promise of my father upon you but wait for it Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. It's not going to take many days, In not many days you will be endued with power. And so they went, and we're going to talk about that as the last thing. They went and they got together and they worshiped Jesus and they waited. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, the, the promise, the fulfillment that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young women will see visions. And it was fulfilled that day. The Holy Spirit came in the room like a mighty rushing wind and said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance to do so. And so this, it doesn't take years and years and years it's something that's urgent. It's something that's priority. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that, that me and my sons, we are for signs and wonders in Israel. And Jesus fulfilled that. Do you want to be powerful? Raise your hand. Do you want to be powerful? Am I talking to Victory Church tonight? Raise your hand. Do you want to be powerful? I would Say, I want to be powerful. Wow. So let the Holy Spirit come on you. Let the Holy Spirit come on you and fill you. It's just not one time twenty years ago. Uh, It's it's constant filling because we're all full of holes. We're all full of things that happen and stuff leaks out. And we need to be filled. And and so what they did was they worshiped Jesus. They worshiped the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. They were they worshiped him at that moment. It said they worshiped him. And then they, for for until the day of Pentecost, they were in there. They were praying and waiting and worshiping. Oh Jesus, I want your power. Do you want to be powerful? Say Jesus, I want your power. And he said, Oh, if any man asks of me, I'm not going to give him a snake. I'm not going to give him a rock. I'm not going to give him a piece of bread. I'm going to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask for it. Amen. Do you want to be powerful? It's urgent. Water baptism. And Holy Spirit baptism, we can see it in these last words of Jesus. And then the last thing here, meeting together to worship and praise. That's where it happens. That's where it happens. Meeting together to worship and praise. Jesus wants to manifest himself. And the where you learn how to handle the presence of Jesus is in the assembly. That's His plan. He's going to build a church. He's going to fill us with power. And we're going to learn about how the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit moves right here. And then what we learn here, we take it out and we knock on the door. We're just extending the move of God from here out to there. Amen. So where do you learn? Okay, these signs, you know. And, and um, I want to talk a little bit about prophecy. Now, if, you want to, if you're talking to a person about the Lord, if the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit's on you and the gifts of the Spirit are, are flowing through you, you're talking to your friend about the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes on you, you know what? You start, you start to know things that nobody else knows. And it's not to embarrass that person. It's not to condemn that person. It's not to tear, tear that person down. But prophecy is given for edification, consolation, and comfort. And you will get a, a, a revelation And you will say something and that person will be convinced. Jesus is in you and I want that Jesus. Jesus, I know he loves me now because of what you just told me. My wife and I went around the other day knocking on doors, evangelizing. I like evangelizing. I'm trying to get good at it. I'm I'm saying I'm going to be an evangelist now and not a pastor. In In Nicaragua, they invite me to preach in their church on Sunday. I said, no, I don't want to but I'll go out in the street and evangelize with anybody that wants to go. I want to be an evangelist. I want to be an evangelist. Evangelist, they say he blows in, he blows up, and he blows out. That's what I want to be. I want to be an evangelist. But my wife and I, we went around, and the Holy Spirit was, was with us, and we were talking to people. We weren't inviting them to church. We were inviting them to receive Jesus. No, you don't have to come to my church, but I want you to receive Jesus. Can you receive Jesus? And then... We, we were talking to some people and some things were coming out of our mouth, you know. And I was talking to one man. He said, no, I, I can't receive Jesus. But he was just a crying away. The Holy Spirit was on him. The conviction. A grown man crying when you come and knock on his door, you know. What's going on here? I tell you what. When a witness has the power of God, the people are convinced that God is among you. Amen. Let's look at, um, let's, well, I don't think we need to go there. But 1 Corinthians, you can write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There's all these instructions about prophecy. And that should not disappear from our lives. That should not disappear. And I appreciate my home church, Abundant Life, because we have people in, in, in the church that have, the, have a gift of prophecy. The Lord tells them things, and they come and tell me. They don't take the mic away, or microphone away from the pastor and say, I got a word I got a word and Shandai and, and start and start you know uh, taking the show away. They don't have to do that. sometimes they slip us a little note, and sometimes they do ask. there's certain people in the church that the pastor respects and he knows that God'll speak through them, and if they give a little a little a little indication I've got a word from the Lord, he'll find a place in the service to let them speak and wow, it's great. I, I, and I remember how many of you remember back in the charismatic? renewal we would be worshiping god and they would be they would be choruses that now that would bore you guys you know the music's i don't know it's evolving and getting better and better i would say but we'd sing simple choruses this is the day this is the day that the lord has made that the lord has made and we would sing but i tell you what we would be worshiping god and then the music leader would pause and we would the music would continue but the singing would stop and everybody knew oh, this is the time, this is the time that the Lord can speak. And everybody was listening. Oh, everybody was getting goosebumps on, on themselves. Pastor, Pastor Mitch, huh? We were there, right? Everybody getting, and I don't come to victory. Maybe you guys are, are, are in it. But I, I tell you what, there's nothing like it when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit. And where does this happen at? Where people are worshiping him. And that's why he said, it said they got together daily. And they prayed and worshiped, okay? So we were waiting, we were waiting. Oh, the Lord's going to speak. Will it be me? Oh, Lord, is it going to be me? Are you going to give me a message? Are you going to give me a message? And everybody's listening, you know, everybody's waiting. Jesus is going to speak. And then all of a sudden you would hear somebody. Maybe it was a tongue. See, microphone, you know. You would hear, what? Ooh, there's a tongue. And then somebody would say, the Lord says unto his people, whoa, how many of you been there? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, isn't that incredible? And see, that's, that's, that's the plan. And so where do you learn to prophesy? Where do you learn to recognize that's God speaking? And you know what? If you, if you were to say something and it's not God speaking, thus says the Lord, don't put any more makeup on your face and no, I don't like earrings, you know, the pastor would come over and said, come over and say, sister, sister, that's not from the Lord. Okay. <laughs> and so you learn, you know, you get excited about something, you get excited about something, something comes into your heart and everybody's waiting and, you, and your heart's pounding. Is this me? Is this me? And. So you learn to judge yourself so that other people won't judge what you say. You learn, is this scriptural? No. And the and the Holy Spirit will say, Here's the scripture. This is scriptural. This is this is what this is what my words. And so you said, the Lord is saying to his people tonight, you know, sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's simple, but we learn how to prophesy. We learn how to and then when you go and knock on somebody's door, Lord, are you gonna use me? Are you gonna give me a word? <laughs> I tell you, I appreciate you guys allowing me to share tonight. And I've talked about priorities. I'm talking about stuff that's important. And I'm talking in a day when we're, I think we're coming out of a pandemic. I think we're coming out. I don't think that, that things are bad as they were and things are getting better, right? And we need to have a reset and a restart, you know? I felt like in my house that I was I was in prison during back last year in the quarantine. And now I feel like the gates are open. I'm like that racehorse just running. And we need to we need to start to run a good race. Church, we need to be witnesses. We need to we need to stop doubting. We need to let let Jesus' power come on us. We need to see him in the scriptures and we need to be powerful witnesses. Amen. Let's let's reset. And let's do this thing. And, let, and Jesus is going to build his church. If it's not through us, he's going to build his church. But let it be through us. Amen. Thank you very much. I must, huh? Okay. Pastor, um, we've been in Nicaragua for 20 years. And I, I, I was pastor over in two congregations. I started two churches in two different neighborhoods. And I enjoyed it. I was telling you, the, the children's minister here, that that's how I started my churches with children's ministry. I like preaching to kids. And I like, I like kids' church. Oh, I love kids' church. I was um, kids' church when, before I left the country. And and I would I would stay with the kids. I would, I would get, it's nothing to have 40, 50 kids, you know, and you're their pastor. And they love you, and we play games. You know, I love that. And so I I started off with children's ministry, but then my kids grow up. My kids grow up, and I don't want them to go out into the world, so I became, a, I became an adolescent pastor. And then my kids kept growing up, and I became a youth pastor. And I would, I would be with the children for three or four years, and i noticed my kids are starting to get taller, and the girls are starting to act funny, you know? And, and, so, and the boys are starting to act funny, and so it's time for them. They need to move out of here. They look like giraffes walking around pygmies, you know? And so I said, well, it's time for, it's time for, so I had to become an adolescent minister. But my church grew up. The first church grew up like that. And, and it, it, after I was, I have somebody always, the Lord gives me somebody that takes it up. And now here's the children's pastor. I'm the adolescent pastor. And, the, and my kids started growing up. They started going to college. They started, I said, well, I've got to be a youth pastor. So God provided me with somebody that's going to take care of the adolescents. And now I'm a youth pastor. And then, and then, now they're having families and all that, and I was a senior pastor. Well, in the second church, I started it again. I started with the kids. My wife and I, oh, we had so much fun with the kids, and, and we, you know, 50, 60 kids every Sunday. Oh, we're having a blast. And then, they started getting funny. They started acting different. They, they were going through adolescence, and so we had to become adolescent pastors then. But now... I'm 60 years old, and I'm not ready to be a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm, I'm too old for that now. So, so we, had, we turned the church over. Um, we turned the church over f- five years ago, and EFI asked me to be the country representative. And so we're, uh, we're um, in charge of a global church planning initiative in Nicaragua. Nicaragua's our part. Church planning. I love church planning. Every new community needs a church. And God's raised, raises up people within one church, but He's given them the giftings and all for them to, to for them to be pastors of another church. And I love helping people discover that and working with pastors of mother churches. That that there's a new neighborhood in Nicaragua. New neighborhoods start like that. Some of them are some of them are planned, and all these people go to the bank and they take out a loan, and all the houses look just alike. They call that urbanizations. In Spanish, and other houses, other neighborhoods start up because the owner died, and people squat on his land, or the owner left the country, and everybody comes and squats on his land. Squatter settlements; those are all over the place, you know. But then, but then the government is socialistic government, so it's for the poor people, and it makes the owner um, sell the land to them at whatever they can afford to pay. And so, there's a lot of those, and those. Uh, however, how they got there is not my problem. I'm not there to enforce the laws, but I'm there because there's a new community, and the government is not going to kick them off. And there's a new, a new, new neighbors, new communities, new houses, and so there has to be a church in that neighborhood. They don't, they don't need to go somewhere else. They need to have a church there. And we find those church planters in these neighborhoods. And I've got this goal that every year I'm going to be walking alongside tw- 20 church planters doing evangelism for them. You guys pray for me because I'm used to being a pastor. But I want to be, a, I want to be an evangelist. I want to be an evangelist. So we go into neighborhoods and we'll do crusades. The other day before I came, uh, I was on a baseball field. And they were going to, this guy put together, this brother put together a baseball league. And he had nine teams there. And they were going to play really fast each game only five innings and all this kind of rules to make it go fast and the idea was to get all these people on the ba- to the baseball game and he let me preach i was the and before they started playing i preached and 25 grown men raised their hand to receive christ <laughs> 25 you know so he's planning a church in that neighborhood and he's going in there and he's getting good rapport with the community and with the youth he's teaching english and he's um and so So I I preached really short but I preached that you need to receive Jesus and I'm not asking you to come to my church. I'm asking you to receive Jesus and Jesus is going to do with you what he wants to do. It would be nice if you come to my church but that's not my message. My message is what's going on between you and Jesus. You know what he did for you? Well, I'll tell you. And you know what you need to do in response? You need to open up your heart and let him come in. Amen. And you'll be part of the church that he's building. Well so that's what we're doing. Um, Pray for us. That we want to um, be visiting twenty new church plants this year, next year, the year after, until I am sixty five, and then I don't know what I am going to do. <laughs> it's you've been so wonderful. I appreciate you listening, and um, we're gonna we're gonna you know you can you can find us. It's called um, uh, EFI Nicaragua. Victory Church has a, has a covering, an apostolic covering under Evangel Fellowship International, EFI. We have a, a website, a Facebook page called EFI Nicaragua, okay? And you can, you can, you can, keep, you can follow us or, or, or you can, you know, see what we're doing over there. But we're into planting churches and doing evangelistic activities. Amen? And we appreciate, we appreciate that I might be added to that list of missionaries, okay? Everybody point at Pastor Mitch and say, let it happen. (laughs) God bless you all.